All right, Corey, we're in the studio. Uh, good episode today. Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about, actually. We solved the riddle of who the greatest player in the history of the world is. Talked a little Fed and his fraudulent uh, career. I think we do that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Touched on a little 250 action. Yeah. A little tennis and Fed Cup. Coco bringing heat. <laughs> yes, the one sport that uh, the U.S. can dominate, the one area of tennis. Yeah. Hey, we got to hang on to it with everything we've got, so... All right, well, thanks for uh, tuning in to The Revolution, and enjoy. Thanks. From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Rigid, cold, but we still <laughs> managed to get to the studio. That's right. Corey, snowmobiles. Yeah, no kidding. That's great. Do you cross country in honor of the Olympics? Did you cross country ski here? <laughs> it's our last cold day in Texas. I the rest of so. y'all can suffer for a while, but we're done. Oh my god! I hope winter's over. Winter's over, and it's not February. Yet. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> well, welcome to the revolution, everybody. I always forget to say that. Yeah. No, I'm Coach. That's everybody Corey. Knows. Yeah, I think so. All all ten thousand people listening. <laughs> So there should be. I don't yeah. know how many there are listening. It's not ten thousand. I'll be honest. I never li- not lie. Yet. Never lie to the listeners. Uh, except about how much I like you. Um, <laughs> well, you haven't said you liked me, so you must really be lying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been terrible for tennis here. I mean, brutal cold. Yeah. I and mean, we got a little sleet this morning. Yeah, we're not used to dealing with that here up north. They probably play tennis in this weather. We don't. Yeah, this is too much. We, we have some indoors. Yeah. Which is used more for heat than it is for right. cold. I know. That's what's kind of funny. Even the indoor places are kind of empty because people don't want to leave their homes when it's like this here. Literally not a drop of partic- precipitation <laughs> on the ground. We just had freezing <laughs> rain. It immediately <laughs> melted and dried up. And our phones are blowing up with all these warnings and stuff. And <laughs> we're looking outside. We're like, it's just cold. Cop cars riding down the street with, you know, <laughs> stay in your homes. Right. Danger. <laughs> it's like the purge every winter here. Right. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, man. But they are playing tennis in some places. Yes. They're playing tennis in lots of smaller tournaments. They're also playing tennis representing countries. That's right. And they're also playing tennis representing colleges. I've talked, I don't know if you were on the pod yet when when I've bestowed the virtues of college tennis. I don't remember. Um, No, I know which one you're talking about, that. The whole show, but yeah, we've talked he about it. He just admitted he listened before he. <laughs> that was so planned you, out. You were the one listener. That's right. Before, the one <laughs> before you came on board, and then oddly enough, you came on board and you stopped listening. <laughs> you said I had to listen to join the show. Um, yeah. So there's some tennis going on. There's no grand slams, and of course, the hard mini hard court season had, is is not here yet. <laughs> but uh, but we've got some tennis. I was going to say, and this is the official tennis season. For most leagues and things, starting around this time. Oh, like oh, okay. So like rec, USTA, and yeah, cetera, USTA and college and all that. I mean, high school, everything starts about uh, this time. All right, not bad. Well, we've got a couple small tournaments, little you know, two fifties and what have you, which are fun because you finally get guys that aren't the top four, right? Actually, can win, yeah, because the top four don't play in these little ones. No, they don't. So and and who showed up and showed out? You heard them. <laughs> My boy Gasquet made it to his third straight final at Montpellier. And he just keeps, you know, 
sort of hanging around the top 30 for, I mean, it's got to be 10, 12, 15 years now. And he, you always think, okay, this is the last year he's going to be around. And he's just, he's still there every year. Well, yeah, he's badass. He's, he's, he's just, he just competes, man. He just competes. Well, so what do you think it is about his game that he can't, I mean, obviously now he's getting older, but why was he never able to get past that kind of top 10, top eight area? Because I think he was number one junior in the world and won some junior grand slams. But what has held him back from that top, you know, top five position? Well, I mean, you can start with the big four. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I would hate to see his record against those four. It's got to be horrendous. He's had some really good matches against a lot of them, but. I well, can't think of any significant wins he's had on any of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was that period of time in between, you know, really the tail end of Sampras and Agassi, kind of that group, and then the big four getting to be the big four. And again, fo- you know, a couple of the big four weren't big four yet. Right. Um, you know, and so he had a little window. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's got... He's got a good game. He's French. I mean, I don't want to disparage an entire country, but uh, hey, they uh, they tend to get a little uh, a little you know a little goofy sometimes in big matches. You know, do goofy stuff. Um, and I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if that's because he's from France. I'll tell you, a French Canadian goalie in hockey does the same thing. Uh, he's very hot and cold. Well, they do seem to have a little more inconsistent results. Right. So, anywho, um, but no, but he, like I've always said, I, the reason I love the guy, he's got a one hander. He's very, um, you know, his game is very, flir- you know, flamboyant, you know, he, spectacular shot sometimes and lots of heavy top spin and he's running all over the place as a shot maker. Um, and he always, always competes, except when after the first set against Federer. <laughs> <laughs> if he loses the first set, he's finished. And so, um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, he played in, I mean, not his hometown. I don't know where he's from, but, um, you know, he's from France, obviously. And so this tournament is in France. And so he played played uh, a 250 and made it to the finals again and uh, lost to countrymen. For everybody in America, it's Pawilly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you've ever taken French, it's Pouille. Oh, that's the one name I want to oh, pronounce yeah. correctly. Pouille. Pouille. I just love, love that for a last yeah, name. Pawilly. Um but he lost in the finals to Pau Illy. And uh and you're you know, on tennis channel again, it's men's tennis, so you can find it on the tennis channel pretty pretty red- readily. I mean, there's a time difference, obviously, six or seven hours depending. Um and you can catch it. But yeah, so he had a good run. Always fun to watch. I would imagine I would imagine he's a probably a, a pretty big draw. You know, like I was talking when I went to the US Open in August, September. There were just certain players like Del Potro. His 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 court was packed. Yeah, the Bryan brothers packed. Martina, you Martina said. Hingis was packed. I bet you he obviously Nadal, Federer, right, Sharapova, the Williams sisters. Obviously, they packed the house too. But I think I bet you Richard Gasquet is a very popular uh, player all over. I would think. Well, and he's one of those French players in the same category that all those guys seem to linger around the ten to thirty range. Monfi, Songa, Gasquet, and Apui's kind of built the same Simone they all kind of Songa yeah they all just stay in that range and they don't ever get out of that and they don't ever go below that so it's got to be frustrating for the fans that they don't ever break out but but they are always there you know third fourth round of a tournament so you get to see them enough to kind of 
stay fans of theirs. Right. Well, against Federer, what do you think the numbers are? I'll, I'll tell you, they've played, don't look, they've played 19 <laughs> times. I'm going to have to pretend like I didn't see it on the screen. Oh, did you already? <laughs> I did. I All right, well, look away, man. But that's about what I would have got. I mean, 17 and 2. Yeah, I was trying to find his total Cheating. record against a bigger, the big four. Need a bigger studio. All right, I'm not going to look this time. So 17 and 2 against Fetter. Not good. Not good. All right, so how about Nadal? I they, think they might be worse against Nadal. They played 15 times total. I'll say 13 and 2 just to be consistent. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> it is not the case. Yeah, worse. Fifteen and zero. See, I said worse. <laughs> That's what I thought because because his strength plays into Nadal's strength, and Nadal's forehand is going to be better than his backhand. All right. How about another four top four and one Andrew Murray? I know he's had some really good matches against Murray. How many times have they played? Eleven. Uh, I'll say Murray's eight and three. How in the hell? Do, is there a mirror <laughs> behind me? Did you see that? Because I'm covering the screen up. That's exactly it. Eight and three. They've had some good matches. All right. Well, Murray is the worst of the big four. I don't think anybody can dispute that. So, yeah. I, yeah that's probably his sure. best record. All right. How about the, four. the Joker? They've uh, played 13 times. I bet it's bad. 12 yeah. and one. What is wrong with you? Why are you <laughs> cheating, man? This is, put your phone away. This I'm is ridiculous. Not even, did you Google it? No, I didn't, actually. You are tennis <laughs> genius. No wonder you're on a I'm tennis I'm like Justin Gibblestub. Good uh, God almighty. People don't like him for some reason. The hair, maybe. Yeah, well, and he coaches Isner. Or did. I don't think he does anymore. But I think he just... 12-1. and one. Knows a lot. But yeah, so that's... What did he have? Four wins against the four of them combined? Yeah. I mean, that's so that <laughs> that's, kind of explains what yeah. you said about what... Because you've got to beat... If you're ranked outside the top eight, you've got to beat one of those four to get in the quarters of a Grand Slam or the semis. Right. So Mm, mm, mm. if you can't ever do that. And of those four wins, I wonder how many were in slams. Maybe none. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Because the talent is there. And we talked, I think I talked about this last week or the week before that it's it's not, it's not just physical ability because clearly he has the physical ability. It's, emotional you know whether you can keep you can keep your concentration for long enough or keep belief have that confidence going through um well and he's the one that is one of the ones that i totally thought would have an opportunity to step up you know once nadal was injured Djokovic was injured murray was injured i thought okay this would be a chance to you know make some semis make some finals and maybe he gets a great draw and yeah but he's old something happened. well now it's, he's old it's that's tougher. the problem how about burdick what do you think he is against Burdick? <laughs> I'm trying to find a winning record for this guy. So Richard Gasquet versus Tomas Burdick. They played 16 times. See, I would have, I would have guessed they. I'm going to get this wrong because I would have guessed they were really close. But now that you're saying that, I'm going to say Burdick just 10 and six. Close. God, you're a genius. <laughs> Nine and seven, four. Burdick. Yeah, so that's pretty close. Yeah, four so they're Burdick. similar. Burdick has more wins against the big four though, than for sure. Right. All right. How about Ferrer? Um, how many times they played? 13. Guess uh, Ferrer's eleven and two. You are unreal. <laughs> Ferrer is ten. Oh, I'm not, not bad. Not bad. Gasquet. folks, you're witnessing uh, just pure tennis brilliance. Uh, not on court, just um, <laughs> guessing statistics. Only because you can't see me on court. Pure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the problem. I'm thinking about all these stats when I'm trying to hit a ball. Uh, yeah, but if they 
So basically, if you took out the top eight players in the last 10 years, Gasquet would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's really encouraging. Oh, his humor is also <laughs> genius. So that's Gasquet, but like I've always said, he always brings it. He's always fun to watch, very entertaining. Um, really, the only time I worry about him is he's playing Fed and loses the first set. And then it, then he's just finished. Right. You know. um, so another another um, tournament that's going on, another 250, is in, I guess you pronounce it like a K, Quito? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> in Ecuador. Red clay, baby. Clay season's here. That's it. No more hardcore. It's all clay all the time. Well, I mean, remember the days when there used to be players that from February to June, they didn't go on a hardcore ever. Yeah. Even with Indian Wells, Miami, right. they wouldn't go on. They wouldn't go to those. Forget that. Right. They're just going to play clay every week and, and then come in the French Open, and we haven't heard of them because they haven't played in America, and they make the semis or the finals. Right. So, I mean, we have clay quarters, one and two seeds. Carreño Busta and Ramos of Vinolas, Vinole, Vinolas. So those are pretty much, besides Nadal, the top two clay quarters. Right. And then the three seed was Monfils. And how did he fare? Yeah, not too bad. He won his first round against Bai. Bai is terrible. <laughs> Loses every match he plays. And then he beat uh, some cat from uh, Norway. Are you serious? <laughs> they have tennis players in Norway? Went from Norway to Ecuador. That's a that's an expensive trip. Yeah. Uh he beat him in three. Rude or Rudd, Rude. Oh, Cap- I've actually seen Casper, him. Casper Rude, yeah. Uh and then He's lost a young up and comer, actually. Lost in three against a Brazilian, Tiago Montero. Ugh. Yeah. But so why is Monfi playing that and not not Montpellier? Explain Good question. that to me. Good question. He's not a clay court specialist, I don't think. I wouldn't consider him a clay court specialist. Because he is who he is. Maybe the, all the <laughs> French players said, all right, listen, the best chance for any of us to win. Actually, they all should have played one and filled up the right, draw and exactly. got all the wild cards and had the best chance to win. Yeah, so um, so Quito's going on a little clay court. And listen, folks, not that we don't want to share results with you, but you can find this out easy. You don't listen to this right. podcast for that. You listen for my sharp wit and <laughs> commentary and brilliant ideas. Yes. And that's it. Right. That, yeah. <laughs> Corey's deep, sexy voice. Yes. And then um, Sofia, which is in Bulgaria. And unfortunately, uh, Baby Fed didn't play. Should we stop calling Baby Fed now that he's kind of had a breakout a little bit? I mean, I never really got the similarities besides the one-handed backhand. I yeah. thought that was kind of a yeah overstated nickname to begin with. So Warinka was the one. Yeah, yeah he, how's he looking? Well, I'll tell you. He lost in the semis. <laughs> oh, that's good, because he looked pretty terrible at the Australian. It, yeah, he did. So he's, uh, anywho. But yeah, so and this is a hard court as well. So um, he's getting re- ready for the mini hard court season, I guess. So, <laughs> Do you so. think it's okay for them to have three tournaments, the same level, going out at the same time? <sighs> good question. I just don't really see the value in that. At that level, I mean, I think it's fine to have a challenger. Obviously, you know, have a challenger, have a two fifty, have a five hundred. I don't understand why you need, why you would have three two fifties in the same week. And let, I mean, maybe they're not all two fifties, but still. Yeah, there's three two fifties going on. The yeah, same so time. I don't understand the reason behind that. Hmm. I can even understand two the fact that one's on clay, one's on hard. But why do you need two on the same surface and one on well, a different? It, listen, if they were equally distributed geographically at the small, like the two fifty level. 
Right. Then that would make sense because those cats aren't making that much money. And so save them a buck from having to fly literally halfway across the world. uh, Then kind of stay in a a region and play a little mini circuit and then get up to a 250. But again, it just boils back down to the fact that they need to give us the keys. We need to set (laughs) up the the whole entire schedule for the year. Right. And then it would flow perfectly and make all kinds of sense. Hopefully Djokovic and his union will do that. But um but yeah, that's a good question. Three two fifties and you know you don't get to see if any top players do play, they don't all play in one. Right. So you don't get to see them against each other. Well I, and I assume not implying that you were watching in the seventies, but I assume in the seventies you <laughs> oh, wow. didn't have you know, like you said, the big guys played each other a lot more often because they were just at the tournament. Whereas now, I feel like it's it's five or six times a year the same players are in the same tournament. Outside the Grand Slams, it's very few. The Masters, but I felt like in previous, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you'd have the same two guys would be in 20 tournaments a year together. Well, and it... it Which I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, I, I would also, I think there's a flaw in the system when people, players can skip, be so far ahead that they can skip so many events. Right. You know, at this part, you know, but, you know, it's the, instead of having the race, they have the rankings, the rolling 12 months, so there's nothing you can really do about it because the, the race ended up being a flop. So Well, and the Grand Slams are so much more. I mean, if you do really well in a Grand Slam, you don't true. need, you know. Certainly money. Right. And the points for those small. I mean, you've got to win the smaller tournament to even make a dent in the points from a Grand Slam. Right. Right. So that's the men. Nobody really cares about the men, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> not, not this time of year, not too not much. Not 250s, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, well, that's like I said, it's never, it's rarely two top players playing each other at the end of one of these. Well, here's the thing. If if you have some young guy who did something at Australia, third round, fourth round, right. you know, like Edmund, yeah. somebody kind of came out of nowhere and had a good whatever, um, and then... You can watch them follow up on a smaller scale and see if they can kind of continue their ascent. Right. Um, then that's good. But that just proves to you that the tournament in and of itself is not, you know, bringing yeah. in the eyeballs or whatever. Well, and I don't know how much these tournaments make off TV revenue, but I would think it was just dividing your audience when you got three tournaments to choose from. If you're really like a hardcore tennis fan, you got to now choose which tournament to watch. Right. Well, the hard part is you're not going to be able to get these tournaments to stop unless you right. have an overarching body that has the power to say, all right, well, we're cutting you off. You're no longer a part of this tour right. unless you go back three weeks, move up three weeks, or whatever. The ca- well, and the problem is they have probably 150 tournaments, and there's only 52 weekends. Well, yeah. Or 52 weeks. Well, so again, gotta, that, you know, you're talking about the 250s. Like I said, if they had 250s spread equally, you know, yeah. circuits in certain areas, European circuit, right. Asian circuit, North American circuit maybe – um, you know, then you could say, oh, okay, well, this makes sense. Right. Save some of these guys and girls, in, the, in the, you know, if they did the same thing, some travel money. Yeah, they could just stay there and stay in South America for six weeks and play six tournaments in a row. Right. All on clay or whatever. Well, no, I, I, ideally it'd be on the same surface right, for right, each, right. you know, uh, depending on what time of year yeah. you are. But, uh, but, you know, I mean, can you ever envision a time ever when Miami or Indian Wells moves? You mean time-wise, no. Time-wise, yeah. I mean, Because they're just too successful. And the thing is, is the weather's fine all year round in both places. Right, so right. They, they don't have the same issues. Like Australia, I mean, they're 
in summertime. So they've right. got that, you know, kind of like. I mean, to me, those should be in August. Right. Indian Wells in Miami. Right. Right after Wimbledon, a couple weeks after Wimbledon. They should be part of the leading up to the U.S. Open. Right. Whatever. But, uh, hey, they don't ask us. Oh, we got a new hard court. <laughs> yeah. Tournament starting out of nowhere. Yeah, my wife just asked me about that. She goes, there's a New York tournament? I said, yeah, I think that's the old uh, Memphis tournament. So is it playing at Billie Jean King? No, I think they're playing at Madison Square Garden. Okay. Which nice. is interesting, I guess. They've got a black court, which hmm. is nice. I uh, wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> um, and, they, yeah, they basically, they. Um, oh, no, it's in Nassau uh, Coliseum, which is where the um islanders play i believe okay because they got to have at least two courts right right yeah you couldn't just do one and they in the way it looks they have they're kind of teed like you know one baseline goes into the other sideline with a big i mean obviously barriers right um so i'm sure it's set up decently And once they get to the semis or she can use one or whatever yeah but uh so anyway so yeah they got the black court situation and madison square gardens which i guess will be successful i mean it's one of the largest cities in the world so you would think and that's a 250 also? Good question. Let's find out. So it, the New York Open. Well, and I assume it's also a contract deal, so they're going to have it for a few years, I would assume. Well, I mean, if it's successful, you would hope so. Well, and, I, and I don't mind people doing goofy stuff like black yeah, courts and stuff. No. I, I think... Except for the checker court that you hate. Yeah, it's 250. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absurd. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, I think tournaments should have more flexibility to do more things. Right. And if the players don't like it, then they well, won't that's play. Why I thought the blue clay debate was so silly because it's like it's not – well, number one, it's the same for everybody. That's first the first thing. And secondly, who cares? It's just something different. If it attracts any attention whatsoever, it's positive. Yeah, no kidding. No ki- Yeah, you don't want to do goofy stuff like World Team Tennis, which right. is not really tennis anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Billie Jean, or whoever you sold it to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, doing doing different things around the event. I mean, at one point in time, music on changeovers was like unheard of. Yeah. Clutch my pearls. I mean, it was <laughs> crazy. Um, but but now, you know, you can, you can hear it, you know, as you're going away to commercials sometimes, so it's no big deal. I well, remember Agassi, actually. I think he made a big deal about it. He didn't <laughs> want music on changeovers, of all people. Or maybe he did. I can't remember. Well, I know everyone loves when I regale them with my tennis stories, but I played someone one time who was 68 years old. I'm not going to say how the match went, <laughs> but he said that uh, during the match, he didn't sit down on the changeover, ever. And after the match, I said, hey, you know, how come he didn't sit down? Uh, you know, we switched sides. He goes, well, back when I played, when I started playing, they didn't let you sit down on the changeovers. Um, which I wanted to say, well, now they do. <laughs> you're, you're, but, but it is funny how those things that at some time were considered so ridiculous now, right? You know, they're normal, like coaching, coaching for the women's, right? Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely for more things like coaching, music, uh, even maybe a little more rowdiness. And I'll tell you what else I'm for. I'm, I'm for Coco. <laughs> John at her opponent during a match. I was about to say, kind of related to that, I want the players mic'd up. I, I hate when the players are talking to the umpire and we can't hear anything. Right. That drives me crazy. Like right. every sport, we can hear the players. Why can't we in tennis? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, because it's always some s- stupid argument that we don't even know what they're talking about. And then they're speculating. The announcer's like, oh, I think she's complaining about the camera that's 20 stories up, you know, where it was actually, it was about, you know, 
the ball boy being slow getting the ball. It's something that we have no idea right. about and why we have to speculate. Why can't we just hear? Well, let's talk more about what we do like and maybe something I don't like. And I think I've come uh, to an <laughs> aha moment Uh-oh. about Roger Federer. When we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. He's the greatest of all time. Yay, we solved it. <laughs> so, back that's to never Co- going to happen in the history of the podcast. So, back to Coco and her behavior in Fed Cup. So, Fed Cup, oh, damn it, it got me, man. It got me. <laughs> uh, we bitch about it like it, it literally just finished. We just won. I'm still wiping tears from my face of joy, <laughs> tears of joy from my face because we just won and we're right back at it. Right. Um, well, my redeeming quality of Fed Cup is we're actually good. <laughs> so it makes it more exciting. That does, Maybe that's why we don't like Davis Cup. No, well, the upside about Davis Cup is no one plays it. So <laughs> our no-name players are right. just as good as their no-name players. <laughs> exactly. But but U.S. Fed Cup, we have enough good players where even if we're missing two or three, we're still like a dominant team. Let me tell you something. Let me I'll tell you something. First of all, Fed Cup with the Williams sisters – on the bench is gets me fired up. Yeah. So that's good. And the other thing is, is Coco is out of her damn mind <laughs> in the most positive way I can think of. She's great in this kind of a setting. Well, first of all, she is fiery all the time. Right. So maybe this is actually, she she's out of place on the WTA tour being that way, but she's right in the pocket. Yeah. In, you know, a team event country versus country you know she can get all into it and really you know jaw at her opponent and well that's how know. i feel about curios too i think there's a lot of players that would like to have heroes on their team for a, some kind of a team match right but not but bet not on him, take him in a tournament. Know, right right um but yeah i mean she she was down a set and down 3-0 um and against the netherlands and she started coming back started dropping bombs hitting bigger and I think when she tied it up 3-0, she kind of started – she was looking at her opponent and started jawing. And then <laughs> turned and kind of hit the ball over there and walked away. And I don't mind it. No, I think it's a different setting. And you have to have more – you know, have to be more forgiving on that stuff. Well, here's the thing with tennis. We're, we're conditioned that, you know, we make 99% of tennis players in the world playing 99% of their matches or 100% of their matches – we make our own calls. We're our own ref. Right. At best, maybe we have a roving umpire and not chair plus, you know, lines. So we're conditioned that we need to manage ourselves because nobody else is there to manage us. And it's sort of a fair play deal with your opponent. We're here. They have a whole crew and an entire body that can, you know, yeah. dole out penalties as needed, you know, fines or whatever in terms of um, the Davis Cup. So... If she gets out of hand, they've got people there to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, remember Shepovalov cracked the umpire <laughs> with the, in the head with a ball on accident? Yeah. 
you know, so obviously it can't get too out of hand. And I remember, I remember saying, oh, we'll never see that guy again. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> genius. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, who's that? They've got nobody. Um, so, But I think that's the biggest fallacy in tennis, that we need to be like... Prim and proper? S- yeah, I'm just... To me, we're losing out on mass appeal because to me the foundation of sports is I want the people I'm watching to believe they really want to win. Right. And when you're saying good shot and clap, if you're, I'm not saying you can't be polite, but there's got to be... There's got to be a different level, you know, when the match gets competitive. Right. Like when Federer cries after winning <laughs> the Australian Open. And talks about how amazing his opponent was when he beat his ass, you know, 2-1-2. Right. Two, one and two. right. Great it, tournament, Chilich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, so so her getting fired up, I think you're exactly right in terms of we're missing the boat because in college they do it. Right. And in college, it's you still got umpires and you still have two coaches, hopefully, who will <laughs> – control to a certain degree um, their own team. But really the only thing you're not supposed to do is direct anything at your opponent. Right. Like Well, and it's a recent development that you can be rowdier in college tennis, right? Well, no, not necessarily. You may be thinking of the Big 12 rule where all hell broke loose. You could basically – cheer like you're at a basketball game. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize game. that was Big 12 only. I yeah, thought was that was all Division only. One. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That was Big 12 only, and they basically took the reins off. Yeah. You couldn't say anything, you know, negative about race or religion, <laughs> or thing, you know, yeah. any kind of normal right. stuff like that, or threatening. Um, but, but you could yell when they're tossing the ball, getting ready to serve. Just like a free throw in basketball. Right. And now it's gone, and I think it was a good experiment, but I think it's good that it's gone. But you, you can't, for instance, you can't turn towards your opponent and fist pump at them. Right. But you can yell and, you know, say anything you want about your team, you know, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the and the sidelines also are rowdy. Yeah. So, like, your own teammates, not just the fans, but the sidelines, um, so to speak. We don't but don't you want to see that people are invested in the match? Oh, exactly. I don't want to see the golf club. This, oh, that was a wonderful backhand there. Let's As a matter of fact, so in tennis, it's three, like, for instance, Division One tennis, you play three doubles matches first. And then you play six singles matches after that. And so you have people on the court all at the same time. Right. And so you might be cheering for court one that just won a point, and number two is right in the middle of their toss, but it doesn't matter. Right. They've deemed that all right. Okay. You know, I, I guess if you purposely... Yeah, if they thought you were doing it strategically, then maybe... Right, but but basically they, they've... Figure out, okay, wait a second, of course you can cheer for courts that are, you know, where action's happening, and then if it bleeds over to other, other courts, too bad. Right. And the the environment in college versus pros is so much better. So much better. Yeah. Um, obviously, stakes are higher for, you know, millions of dollars on the line and rankings points and, you know, careers and all that, but with the overall feel of a college tennis match is so much more high energy, and, and like you said, it's like, a, it's like a college basketball game. It's right. It's like a college football game. Um and I think Fed Cup brings that a little bit to it, um, and Coco in particular, which I love. Now, how do you feel about her doing that at Wimbledon? Would you feel like it was out of place a little? I mean, it would be out of place, but I'm in favor of the sport going more in that direction, Yeah, just in general. I am too. But is that also what makes Fed Cup and Davis Cup so great is that it is different. Like, if everything was like that, then maybe the team's things don't have the differentiation. Well, here's another thing. I think that – I think that – the line between good sport and, you know, overzealous, you know, cheering for yourself or your right. team. I think people kind of 
mix those two up. I think you can be a good sport and still make a bunch of noise right. and fist bump and cartwheel and I don't know what else you would do. Well, I think it's like you said. It's if my if the guy if the person I'm rooting against double faults and I'm jumping up and down, that's different. I'm but cheering. What if, but what if you are up five four in the third on right. serve? They're serving, and it's you know thirty all, and they double fault that. You should be very happy for oh, that yeah, to happen. Oh, yeah, of course. And in college, they don't not cheer right. for double faults. <laughs> but that's a, but again, I mean, it sounds a little silly, but they're not doing it because you just double faulted. They're well, how doing is that different? it because, you know, the University of Virginia just got a point. Right. One step closer to getting a match point, you know. Well, and how is that any different than me cheering when, you know, the Packers miss a field goal? They, they screwed up. My team didn't do anything. They just right. missed a field goal. right. So I, mean, I, I see what you're saying because we benefited. So I'm cheering for my team that benefited from the other team's mistake. Right. And, you know, 99% of the time, it's not the player in the match that's cheering. It's right. their team in college. It's their teammates that are jumping up and down and keeping their, their player going and, um, you know, keeping the energy up. So, yeah, the only time I've gotten in trouble was kind of what you mentioned. We were cheering for a match one time, but it was the second court over. So there was a match going on, and in we're between. cheering, and the people that were playing on that court were getting irritated at us for cheering. <laughs> and we're like, you know, hey, this is the big match we're watching over there, and you guys just happen to be in the way. Right. So, you know, so, you do have to be able to focus, and I do think that's something that tennis players need to get over, of not being able to play with noise, not being able to play with all these distractions. I just think if we all were used to it, then nobody, in 10 years from now, nobody would care if our opponent was cheering or their teammates were clapping or whatever. Right. Exactly. So... I think, you know, and that's a pertinent conversation because college is kicking off. Yeah. And, you know, it started with that match we talked about last week with Florida, Florida State on TV. I think they're doing more of that. So look for that on Tennis Channel. And like I always tell you, always, 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 if you're in an area that has a Division One program, I don't care what level of Division One they are, they're better than you are. <laughs> so go see it. And, right. me, and me, relax. Yeah. I'm not talking <laughs> bad about people. But I'm just saying it's a good level. Go see it. No, I mean, and obviously Florida, Florida State are two big schools, but I was definitely impressed with the level of play. I mean, I didn't see that noticeable difference between that and pros that I've seen. Right. So well, I thought it was close enough to be. On that Florida, Florida State match, the number one singles match was a guy named Guy Irakunde or something. I can't <laughs> pronounce his name. But he actually played at a junior college in Oklahoma, and my Division three school played against him. Nice. And so the level – you know, at Florida State, playing one, he's eight in the country in Division One. He's yeah. the eighth best. I mean, obviously, rankings and all right. that. It's computerized. It's not perfect. But for all intents and purposes, he is the number eight player in the country. So he's the eighth best pl- singles player in right. all of Division One men. And he was playing against us at one right. point. Right, yeah. And one of my guys pushed him, not three sets. I don't think it was three sets. It was, But it was like a, a four and five yeah. type finish. Um, but anywho, so... Go see any level of college, particularly D- Division One, that you can, because it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be rowdy. If they have good seating arrangements, that makes all the difference. Right. Well, and if they're not better than you, then go try out for the team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not better than you, start donating. They need some help. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh it, it's one of those things. I think everybody in America, and I don't know about other countries. I just know in America. Our, our game tennis suffers because of, there's so many other options and it, it is seen as a pretty expensive sport and maybe somewhat exclusive it's not no it, it isn't. isn't and it's not but that's the perception 
Um, but everybody that has any, whether you just listen to this podcast and watch tennis on TV and that's it, right? then you still fall under this category. And that is you are a de facto ambassador for the game. Because in order to grow it, you got to tell people about it, let them know you play it, you know. And, well, and it's a good and bad in tennis. I do feel like we have to do our own promotion. And obviously I do tennis for a living, but I feel like a lot of times we're kind of left on our own to tell people about matches or, you know, we had our challenger here and of the, you know, 500 people I told about it, probably 400 didn't even know about it. So right. it's like, it's up to us to promote the stuff because nobody else is going to a lot of the times. Yeah. Promote it and support it and support it. I mean, um, certainly not a lot of students go to a lot of tennis matches just because a lot of people don't even know how to score right. in tennis. So it's all very strange. Plus, matches last longer than basketball games do or longer yeah. than, you know. Um, but like I said, it's it's just everybody is an ambassador, whether they like it or not. That is a problem with watching tennis and not knowing how to keep score. It's Well, yeah. even if you do know how to keep score, it's hard to watch a match and know the score because most places don't have a scoreboard. Or if they do, it's a, you know. On court. Yeah, the on court yeah. that's hard to see. My favorite question that my mom would always ask me after she watched me play was, did you win? And it always, <laughs> it always made me laugh. I could have won six oh six oh or lose six oh. She'd have no clue. And I always just told her, "Watch the last point. That's all you need to see. Yeah, right. If you see that one, then you know what happened. Unless you <laughs> win it and then quit. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's college tennis. Support it. Go out and watch it, and etc. Um, did I say I was going to say something about Roger Federer? Did <laughs> you I? did. You were teasing us till the uh, end. Well, listen, nothing's changed about how I feel about him or the <laughs> era, all right? We knew that already. No, no, but I, I did come to, you know, I'm no genius. I'm sure somebody's thought about this before, but I did come to some sort of revelation about why he makes me sick. <laughs> no, that's not, that's too strong. <laughs> but it's very similar to Tom Brady. Who yeah. lost, thank Goodness. Yeah, if you listen, if this is out now and you haven't watched the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh too bad. I just watched it today. I'm just kidding. I'm not that bad about football recording. Keep Damn. up with that. So anyway, so Tom Brady has won seventeen Super Bowls. By the time you're listening to this, probably. Probably with what, twenty three MVPs <laughs> of the Super Bowl? The first fifty plus uh, he gets Super Bowl. Two, he gets two MVPs every game. <laughs> no, but so people get sick of that. And if you have a team that's directly affected, like I do, when Brady puts your Steelers right. out, all right, that's fair. You hate them because yeah. of that. So if your favorite player is, if you're French and your favorite player is Gasquet, right. then okay, you have a direct 15 reason. 15 and 2. Yeah. You have a direct reason to not like the big four. And we're talking about three of them really have had su- sustained success. Um. Well, I think it's I think both things in my mind and it and it really hit me during the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl. I think the reason that it gets tedious taking your team out or your favorite player out, so just all things being right. equal, is if Federer is winning that many Grand Slams, if Tom Brady is winning that many Super Bowls, I don't think we can know for sure if the error they're in means everybody else sucks. Right. So back in the day when Sampras was winning, you know, breaking the record, there were still a lot of other people winning grand slams. Right. And, and so he finished really, he finished number one for six years in a row was one of his big claims to fame. 
but he didn't go wire to wire number one. Right. He didn't, you know, just like spend the whole entire year two thousand points ahead of or right. however many ahead of everybody. Right. I mean, it was nip and tuck. You know, sometimes he would get the last. You know, in the in the year end tournament, he'd win enough to to secure the one spot. Um, well, and let me say the reason to me that is more impressive is because he never had an opportunity to coast. True. You know, he had to play all the big events to maintain that ranking. Now, does that mean he's better? I don't know. But when, you know, when, when our best player can skip half the tournaments of the year and still finish number one, it devalues a sport is what I, is what my opinion is. That's a good word. That's what I'm getting at is it doesn't, it doesn't paint a picture that says, oh yeah, this is a, a level playing field and everybody's really good. It, what it says is we have no idea how good he is or how good everybody else is. Right. Because we don't have a chance to see because he wins everything. Yeah. And it just, so it really, you know, and again, football can go the same way. I mean, because you're still talking about how many people decide to play it coming up and through filter right. through the system. And so are we getting the best possible, you know, whatever. They've changed the way you practice in football. You can't tackle as much right. during the week. And and so you've seen declines in, in you know, tackling and different things. And so... Tom Brady keeps winning, and you're like, are there no other coaches? It pisses you off. Yeah. It's like, are there no coaches anywhere that can that can keep up with Bill <laughs> Belichick? Right. Or is it because they all suck, or is it because he's amazing? Right. And if it's because they all suck, then it doesn't really matter how good he is. It's depressing. Right. If he is, like like we talked about last, with, with Serena, I do think it's it's good. The WTA is really good. She's just a different level of anybody ever. Yeah, I think on the men's side, I think the jury's out. You know where I feel. I think it's a weak era. But how could you prove me wrong? You can't because one guy keeps two guys keep winning. Right. Really. Well, I think the reason your argument sounds better is when the times Federer is out, then it's the other guy, and then if they're both out, it's one. There's like three guys. Whereas if Serena's out, there's twenty women that compete for it. Well, when Federer's out, it's like two guys. When Federer's out, it's one guy. Yeah, but if two beginners play each other, it's going to be really competitive. <laughs> That's true. So I mean, That's true. you know, but I mean that goes into your weak air argument. So I was reading an article today, and it was about Federer and Sampras, and it it definitely echoed what you were saying about Federer having to beat so many other players. Who was stealing my ideas? It was. It was. A, it sounded like our podcast. It was saying that you know Sampras. It would also said our other argument, which Sampras has a losing record against two of his biggest rivals. I mean Federer, excuse me has a losing record against Nadal and Djokovic. And they were saying Sampras has a winning record against everybody. I think he he's got a losing record against like one or two cats, and it was one and out. Right. And they never played again. Yeah, that's how Serena is too. Right. It's like some weird, you know. But to uh, comment on, I think I told you, a listener emailed me and said she heard our Australian Open show, and she liked it, but she didn't understand why we were bashing Federer. And I said, you know, I don't think either of us dislike Federer. It's just... I don't want to watch the same movie 20 times in a row. Right, which is is part of it. You get bored because you know the outcome, and that is part of it for sure. But no, no, no. To me, the real issue is I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. Right. I don't know. And I don't think anybody, if you just look at it and say, you know, 20, and that's your argument, 20, right? then it's, you don't have a good argument because that's – there's it's more there's more to it than that and again you know just because i say hey 
I'm not locked in on the fact that he's the greatest player in the history of ever. Right. Doesn't mean I think he's crap. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's one of the all-time greats no matter what, you know, no matter what kind of experiments you could do and really, you know, use science and find out what what it all means that, you know, his two his two biggest rivals he's got a losing record against and no one else comes close to these guys. You know, if you could kind of run an experiment and figure out, oh, okay, it is really a good error, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. I just, my point is, you crown them already. I mean, you you crown them with no critical thought about it. Yeah. Because it's easy. Because it's 20. Your answer's 20. Your argument's 20. And so I'm like, that's just, I don't know. It's just a weak argument, and it depresses me because I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be, a fake, you know, it's like when they, you know, when people, had, who was it? Um, like OJ Simpson. I mean, he, I'm sure he started when they were playing 12 games. Right. You know, so how how come his yards don't count as much as, yeah. you know, Barry Sanders and, and Emmett Jim Smith. Brown, same thing. Right. They were playing back, you know, 12 and 14 games. And so they had a lot less opportunities. Yeah. And plus, dudes could hit them with like two by fours, like when <laughs> they were tackling. You could do anything to these guys back then. And so, you know that that some of those kind of things that that make this argument more in depth on the tennis side. Well, and the thing that's weird about Federer to me is I'm looking at the year year to year results of Grand Slam. So he went four years without winning a slam. You know, from 2012 to 2016 or 2012 to 2015. You cannot tell me that he's better now than he was in 2011. That just doesn't make sense. A tennis player is not better at 37 than they were at 31. Right. So that means that the field is worse. That's the only explanation for that. Right. And so, I, I, I mean, he didn't, de- he didn't decline as much as the field, maybe. Right. But the field has to be worse if someone you who's 37 be, can dominate. You when, could be better in some areas. Yeah. But I wouldn't think overall. And if he had some injuries, but again, Unless you're juicing. six years later. Is that what you're saying? I don't, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I don't think he's, uh, you're not juicing, Roger. When he was injured, who knows what he was doing, but... You know, I just think there's there's something weird, and it, it definitely doesn't reflect well on the sport when you're doing better at 36 than you did at 31. That just doesn't make sense to me. That's why I don't think it's a it's necessarily saying he's the greatest of all time. He's doing so well at his age. Right, right. I think it's just a decline of the other his other top competitors. Well, the uh, the argument for the other side, which I completely concede, and and I, I have no problem with it because I don't want him. I don't not want him to be the great. I don't care. Right. I just need to. Well, you do have a sentimental. Well, sure, of course, right. But uh, but not against Federer, right? Not against Federer, just you know, for Sampras. But in any event, you know. Oh, by the way, speaking of your comment, he did say he was better now. He said what? somebody asked him, huh, "Why are you better now when you're 37 <laughs> or whatever?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm definitely better now." I, oh, I think it was. Would your this self beat your yeah. first Grand Slam self or something like that. Right. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm better now. I said, yeah, of course you have to say that. Your hair <laughs> sucks. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> See? Well, anyway, I'm looking. He went So he went 17 slams without winning one. And now he's won, you know, what, four of the last? Three of the He's won three of the last five. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that just doesn't make sense unless, you know, you're in a weak era. The era around you has declined. Well, and I told you. I think if he were born exact same human, exact same training, whatever, and was dropped into the late 90s, mid 90s, 
he wouldn't have won this many. He still might have won the most because right. some of those guys wouldn't have won some either. Yeah. So he would have he would have clipped you know Sampras and Agassi and whoever else for some. Right. And so the numbers would have all been totally different. But I think I think uh, I've beaten you down over time. <laughs> um, well, and to me, the, to argue with you that because I don't argue with you enough, the biggest endorsement that he has to me over any other player is his success on every surface. Sure. Uh, to me, there's no other player that has the success on every surface that he has. And here's something else, by the way. Let's not just look at Grand Slams. For Pete's sakes, everything matters. I mean, career titles matter. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I and mean, career wins. Right, right. So there's a lot of a lot of different you know ways to look at it. And I do think people get locked in a little bit. And, and to be fair, they do it to themselves because they, you know, because Sampras did the same thing. And, and Federer, they talk about the over importance they right. put on Grand Slams. Now, Sampras put a lot of importance on finishing one in the world. I remember seeing some kind of a special on him somewhere um, about how, you know, that last year, trying to get that last sixth year at number one, he was. You know, stress was like you know causing him to lose hair. I mean, it right, was which is why it can't be all about the Grand Slams. You know, if Michael Jordan decided the last five years of his career he was only going to play the playoffs, he might have won five more you know titles. But would that mean he's the greatest ever? Right, because of that. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, he. But like you said, he he's able to do that, which proves to you, Sanders could never do that. Right, or he'd never finish number one. He yeah, couldn't coast. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, Federer's almost number one and still not playing half the tournaments. Right. Well, he's going to play Rotterdam so he can be the oldest number one, <laughs> which just chaps my ass. Yeah, so it's 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 a weird era of tennis, and I'm kind of – I don't know how it's going to change. I feel like we're going to be stuck in this for the next year or two because Federer is at least playing to the 2020 Olympics for sure. Man. And it doesn't surprise me if none of those guys are back this year. <laughs> I know. To full strength. I saw least. a tweet from Murray saying he's feeling better or or, <laughs> or ahead of schedule or something. Um, listen, I don't dislike any of these players. I don't know any of them, so I don't dislike them. Right. It's not the right way to put it, but I mean, there's some you, like, you don't like their games and stuff, but I, I, I want everyone – I, listen, can they temporarily suspend all doping regulations <laughs> so these guys can get back for, Jake, the for everyone but Federer? Yeah, let, yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's already field. no, he's not. <laughs> you know, let let everybody get back and get healthy for God's sakes, man. So we can yeah. see some tennis. This is ridiculous. Well, let me just clarify. I would rather the four, the 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 big four, just retire. Right. And then at least we'd have competition, and we would have, we'd have no idea exactly. Well, and let me just say, if Wimbledon comes around and Federer wins Wimbledon, that doesn't mean that I hated Wimbledon. What I want to see, though, is Federer beat Zverev in five sets in the quarters and then beat Team in five sets of semis and then, you know, beat Murray, who just came back in the final, you know, in a, in a thrilling match. Right. Him actually have to work for the right. title. Right. That's that's all I care about. I don't want to see a title where I don't even need to watch until the semis because I know it's going to be Federer, you know, and somebody. Well, it gets you every time. These early round match, you right. know, like a fourth round match comes up and it's somebody big. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is going right. to be, oh. <laughs> straight sets. Right. It's over. Exactly. Well, Whereas those guys, and those guys come into the tournament beaten down. They had to play, they played three warm-up tournaments, <laughs> and Federer came in and played two matches, and he's fresh. Well, I mean, I mean, Federer could play five sets probably every round and still win the tournament because he's fresh. coming in with yeah. no issues. Flying in on his net jets. <laughs> Him and Merka and the ten sets of twins they have. Yeah, that's what they need. They need an expense limit on how much you can spend if you're going to be on the tour. You can't 
spend a certain amount on trainings and trainers and doctors. And yeah, ride coach. Ride coach <laughs> to the next tournament, Fetter, and see how that see right. how well you do. Right. Oh, man, what are you going to do? Good gosh almighty. So it, we're really inciting uh, excitement for the rest of the tennis season, aren't we? Well, I mean, the thing we have to watch is can anyone, anyone just, because somebody, it's possible. Here's what's possible. You take, like, Dimitrov. I mean, it's, 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 you don't have to look at any records or any head-to-heads or, you know, his overall right. you know, tournament record. You can just watch him play tennis and realize, oh, shit, he's a really talented player. Right. He is as talented as any player that has stepped on a court before. Ever. So he's <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. He's just got to get his head right. And somebody like that, if they just basically took over – Maybe not from everybody, but started beating these top four guys. Just you'd see their confidence turn, and then that would be the torch passing, so to speak. But I, I just I don't. <laughs> who's going to even? I'm, I'm speechless. Who, who's going to do that? Do you? Can you even in your head just imagine and picture? You know, uh oh, Federer's got to play. You know, Goffin again. <laughs> it's giving him trouble the last two tournaments. Yeah, you. Yeah, first, I couldn't think of anybody. I thought of one person who, if they were playing. I would actually give a legitimate chance to beat Federer, which is Kyrgios. No, oh, right. He's the only one I could see that they're playing a big match. Under the right circumstances, if he's got his mind right and he's had his Wheaties. But what's the biggest obstacle to Brady winning another Super Bowl? Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, I thought you were going to say the officials? I was setting you up for the real answer, which was injury or him retiring, and that's what I, the same way I feel about Federer. The only thing that's going to stop him from winning more is he gets injured or he decides to retire. So what we need to do is find somebody to kidnap Federer, <laughs> Nadal, Brady, and Belichick. Yeah. And Gronkowski. Oh, you're right, right, right. God, God, he's unstoppable. That's somebody that could beat Federer. I would not. Gronkowski <laughs> is such a Give beast. Give him a year of training. Oh, my God. What an animal. Anyway, hopefully he'll retire. Unbelievable. Well, it is. it is a little bit depressing i don't think i'm overstating it either i really do believe that this is a weak error not just because of my sampras love i do think this is a weaker error and i think the facts are showing that well and that's why it is good to have women's and men's together because you've got one draw you can be excited about at least with the women's because to me that's still up yeah. in the air and serena coming back that adds intrigue and well Sharapova. For, for the grand slams for another turn as long as they have another tournament going on you just find bn networking <laughs> right um so anyway, so yeah, so tennis sucks. So everybody take up a cross because <laughs> tennis is finished. Yeah, unsubscribe for the podcast. Don't listen. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> we talk a little bit about everything um, in our glowing personality. That's right. So, all right. Anything else? I think that's it. A couple of two fifties. We gave we, we gave him a shout out at yeah. least. I'm not going to recount two. I watch matches. <laughs> and Indian Wells is not that far away. Pisses me off. I'm just going to bitch that whole episode. <laughs> I'm just going to bitch the whole episode. Uh, Because it's out of place. So, anyway. All right. Well, folks out there, keep in mind, um, we do this for uh, how much you make? Nothing. Can't even count how much. Nothing. Right. So, (laughs) we don't want you to pay us. We just want you to spread the word. Yeah. That makes us happy. We get paid by downloads. So, tell all your friends. Make sure you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You don't have to deal with it. It'll just pop right up on your phone. Um, And don't worry. You're not stuck with us. (laughs) Subscribe. (laughs) And if you hate it. Just delete it. It's not a big deal. Go to your app, uh, your Apple um, iPod little icon there. iPod. Um, whatever you call it. <laughs> I don't do these things. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, do you remember any of the other ones? 
So if you got an iPhone, <laughs> you can go to your Apple you know, the podcast. Quizzing me the one thing I know nothing about. Tennis questions I get right. These questions. Yeah, I asked you all, all the <laughs> stats and you were on point. All right, so Sam with me. Stitcher. There you go. Overcast. Tune in. Castro. Not like... For Cubans. Not like Fidel Castro. <laughs> I think it's cast as in podcast. Okay. And then row. I don't know. I don't I didn't literally I don't even know where that came from to be honest with you. Uh Google Play and of course if you have an iPhone like any civilized human being <laughs> Apple Just Podcast. alienated half our audience. Yeah, not half. <laughs> Shit me. Are you kidding me. 5%. Yeah, right. Uh Apple Podcast uh icon on your iPhone and you can find us. Tell your friends, get on social media, Twitter 10srev so tennis rev at tennis rev on Twitter. Yeah, get in fights with coach. We need something to talk oh about God, next please week. Please don't defend me. Defend me so I don't look like a maniac because they can turn <laughs> on you. It's it's ugly. Um, and then also, Facebook reshare, untweet. I don't know whatever you do. All <laughs> share, the stuff you like, do, post, like, post, share, and then retweet if I send you something. I don't know what Instagram is. I don't know. What, uh, you share Instagram maybe. Um. Yeah. Probably. All right. Well, I don't use Instagram, even though we have an Instagram. I don't use it. Right. So, I'm just gonna throw it out there until <laughs> we start using it. But as of now, just in case, I don't even begin to know. Because maybe when you're listening to this, several months, we'll have one by then. Oh, what if we took pictures of us in the studio? While we're trying to drive away our listeners. Yeah. Good point. So anyway, so do all that. Tell your friends, and uh, until next time. Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys.